Legend in My Spare Time contains themes and subjects that may not be suitable for everyone listening. If you're easily offended, we suggest you get your podcast on elsewhere. Legend in My Spare Time! Welcome, ghosts, ghoulies, goblins, and grotesque gangsters alike. Rejoice! For it is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast's favorite time of year. That's a mouthful. There is a line that just Johnny's never heard before. Happy Halloween, motherfuckers. Welcome to the 2018 Legend in My Spare Time Halloween Spooktacular. A limpstoween, if you will. <laughs> Sorry, I get a little excited this time of year. Check out YouTube, Legend in My Spare Time podcast, for last year's Halloween special where just Johnny and I got brave a little bit and we went to an abandoned insane asylum legit in full hd you can see it all right there on youtube please make sure you follow us at legend podcast on twitter use that hashtag l-i-m-s-t now coming next week we got big news because we are now proud members of the ihop network the international house of podcasts We'll tell you all about it and all the amazing podcasts on it next week when Just Johnny and I hit back in the studio and get back into it. Now, but for right now, it's Halloween. We got a couple of special things. Firstly, our good friend, horror author Jake Ridge, put together a completely original story just for us. And I took that thing and turned it into a radio drama. I busted out some sound effects. I busted out original music. I did my best Vincent Price voice. Mr. Joe King, my radio broadcasting mentor, would be proud. I hope that he will. And if he's listening, I know you love Halloween. Happy Halloween to you, sir. Happy Halloween to all the listeners and all of our friends in podcast land. Now, Just Johnny's not sitting right beside me. And that is because, just like Sam or Dean, I'm sure he'd think he's the prettier one, whichever one that is. He's off on a hunt. He heard about some demons, so he had to run off and try to save the world all by himself. But we're going to interrupt him, and we're going to call him on the telephone right now because we all know how much he loves holidays. So here we go. Right now, we're going to connect to my co-host, the most exciting man in podcasting, Just Johnny. Big, exciting guy. He loves that kind of stuff. Let's see what he's up to this Halloween night. Hello? Hello, Just John. Hello, man. It's myself and the listeners calling you, yeah? Calling you me, yeah? Yes. Now, I've explained to them that you're off on a hunt. You got a lead, and you had to go off and do some sort of demon business. Oh, yeah. Very, uh, very uh, tense moments here. Yeah. Now, the listeners asked, why didn't you go with him? And I said, (laughs) because you told me I'm not man enough. Yeah, I told you that. Yeah. I mean, I I wanted to argue, but... It's right. Yeah, I, I put my foot down. I was like, no, no, I've got this. Yeah. I, I said, I, I've got this. It's the point of the season where we split up for a couple episodes, just like every episode, every season of that show, Supernatural, of course. Yeah, I go off and do my thing, you do your thing, and... Yeah. Why is it I always get, like, the, the bad end of this and you can stay inside? Because shit rolls downhill, my friend. Uh, that old chestnut. That's right. Now, anyway, listen. Happy Halloween, my friend. Ah, that would explain a lot. Of all the stupid kids knocking on your door all night? 
This not kids. Oh no, it's grown-ups, is it? The adults. They're too old to be trick-or-treating. They're too big. It's scary. Yeah, that's now. Do you think is there an age? Do you have an age where it's it's enough already with the trick or treating, or is it just a bit <laughs> bigger than you because that's intimidating? Well, that's not hard, is it? <laughs> no. Well, you said it, not me. But, but I mean, if you think about it, I read something interesting on the internet that might might be slightly controversial. Oh, we don't like controversy around here on this <clears throat> podcast. Basically, it's a case of if you're a grown-up and you want free candy, you can still knock on the door as long as you have one of your friends close to you, just, you know, as a, a carer. Uh, right, yeah. You know, be like, oh, you know, thank you for playing along, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Boom. And then you get 50-50 on the sweets. Why are you telling me this now on Halloween night when it's obviously too late? Because you and I could definitely pull this off. Oh my god, we could. We totally, and I like, my other, what I like about that is when I said that, you pictured yourself as the carer, and I pictured myself as the carer, definitely. Yes! Definitely. I did! Because I was like, he's totally the one who needs the carer, and you were like, he's totally the one who needs the carer. You little some wrestling ring, like, over your shoulder, stomping off, oh. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, why you always gotta bring wrestling into it, man? What? Like I wrestling know, also, like being a wrestling fan automatically assumes that I might need some sort of a mental support or life support. No, a little bit. Yeah, all right, fine. It's very offensive. The only thing I could think of, the only thing I could think of that's a little bit childlike that you're healthily obsessed with. Really? You've been in this room that I'm surrounded by toys, but I guess it is all toys, right? Toys of what? Well, a lot of wrestlers. There's some Ghostbusters, <laughs> but there's a lot of wrestlers. Uh, yeah, you're right, you're right. All right, I understand. But I still think you would do the better job needing the character. I think you could pull off the character better. Yeah, I think we'd get, like, banned if we recorded that or something. <laughs> yeah, you can get in a lot of trouble. That's highly offensive to, to pretend to be a person of special needs. It's not funny anymore. And as you know, modern society dictates we're not allowed to have fun anymore. God damn it, because we might offend someone. Yeah. I was going to say something then, but I thought, no, like my tongue. Yeah, I mean, these kids these days don't understand how tough we had it, or whatever, no. or some other rant. Now, listen, because it is Halloween, I found an awesome story that I want to tell you about. Oh, it's not a scary one, is it? it, it it's, it's, yes, it is scary, but not scary in the way that you think it is. So, let me roll with it. It randomly came on last night during one of these documentary things that we try to fall asleep to. Uh, and it was about vampires. But it wasn't like Dracula vampires. It was about, quote, real life vampires. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, real yeah. life. You, you yud. So he cuts to, because he's doing, you know, the show is basically like the, the history of them. And Transylvania, and here's where the rumors started. And when Dracula came, blah, 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 blah right? You're, you're with it. It's kind of... Yeah. It's fantasy-ish, but it's history. You're like, okay. And then it's like, next, we're off to meet a real-life vampire. And it went to commercial. And I did the same thing as you. I went, what now? Huh? I'm sorry, what did he say? So when I, when you hear real-life vampire, you probably think the next line in the story would be like, in, you know, outer Transylvania, if there is such a place. Or, uh, with all due respect, in some backyard weird country out in the middle of Europe. Is that That's kind of what I pictured. Am I racist? Yeah, no. That, I mean, that's where it originated from. So, <clears throat> he's from Suffolk. I'm not going to lie, I thought you were going to say South Wales. 
No, yeah, he's, he's from Combranius. No, <laughs> his name is uh, is, is uh, Frodo, Frodo Jones. His name is Aro Draven. Now this I'm sorry, dude, Aro Draven. Yeah, yep, that's right. A R O D R A V E N. Now let us preface this with to each their <coughs> own, to each their own. I collect wrestling figures. And you do some weird things, too, that we're legally not allowed to talk about, but to each their own. Now, this motherfucker looks exactly like you would think he would, okay? He's tall, he's kind of gangly and awkward, he's really pale, but he wears mascara, so that helps. And then he puts on black lipstick, and he paints his nails black, and he walks around dressed like a goth. Okay. So, So, please, go uh, ahead. I'm not going to... Uh, did you know if he still is at home? Well, it's so funny you say that because the story gets deeper. Because I'm looking at this dude telling the story to the camera. And again, we should not judge, but lest we be judged, but sometimes we judge. This dude is sitting in the living room with like flowery wallpaper and like really old style green sofas, <laughs> the kind that like my nan had. And I'm like, this isn't this isn't this guy's house. There's no way. So. And I'm looking at him thinking, no way, this mo-. and again, I'm judging. I'm judging a book by its picture or cover. But I'm like, this motherfucker definitely does not have a job and definitely lives at home and definitely is a weird motherfucker. He is 38 years old, it turns out. So anyway, we'll come back to that in a second. So in the show, <laughs> it then introduces you to his 20-year-old girlfriend. 2-0. That's right. So he's 3-8 and she's 2-0. Okay. Now, here's a quote from her. I heard her say it myself on the show. From the moment we met, I knew Arrow was the one. When he told me he was a vampire, it was exciting. I didn't realize vampires actually existed, but I'd always hoped that they did. (laughs) Oh, there's so many things I want to say. I know, and I mean... You look at this dude, and even even Marilyn Manson would be like, what the fuck, man? Like, I, I just sent you a photo, all right? And uh, you, I mean, j- just Johnny. And we'll include this in our show notes, a, a screen cap. Now, so you're watching the show, and then before they go to commercial again, you know they love to do the whole, like, after the break. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Just before we'll they find go. find out what his parents think. That's right. I was really hoping for that. Uh, no, his... She's, uh, so anyway, they say after the break, and he says, so then when she decided that to turn me, uh, she, she, she asked me to turn her. So I explained that this was a life change, a permanent life change, and how important this decision was, and to go away and think about it. When she came back and agreed, I agreed to turn her. As in, turn her into a vampire. Yeah, but isn't that like, well, obviously, from TV shows and films, it's... Uh, drink my blood. It's like you read ahead of me, my friend. After a three-week whirlwind romance, he proposed. And a week later, he turned her into a vampire during a bizarre blood-sharing ceremony. Hmm. Leah said, Arrow cut himself with a razor on the back of his arm, and then he offered me his blood. Then I cut myself, and he drank from me too. Okay. 
If he's really a vampire, why would she need to cut herself? Couldn't he just bite her? You would think he, I mean, I guess, but what do we know? Right? I mean, based on all the supernatural TV shows and films that we've watched, what do we know? <clears throat> we, we've never really met any real ones. No, she said, suddenly I felt the energy rushing through me. It took a day for the transformation <laughs> to be complete. Hear that again, folks. It took a day for the transformation to be complete. And afterwards, I felt revitalized. It was a magical experience. Magical experience. Much more intimate than sex. Okay, then he's probably not doing sex, right? Right? You hear that things like that sometimes. You're like, yeah, are you sure he's doing it right? She, uh, yeah. she, she loved the experience. She's now more hooked on blood and drinks it four times a week to satisfy her cravings. In this documentary, it showed these two fuckers literally pouring blood into wine glasses. <laughs> wine glasses and drinking it. See, a few things. One, at the beginning, you were like, who are we to judge based on the, the interests that we have? But... The difference is, you aren't walking around work telling everyone to call you like a pro wrestler or, you know, Randy Savage or something. And you ain't talking to punks like this. Yes. Or however you used to do it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, brother. Let me tell you. You aren't talking to people or pretending to be a wrestler or I'm not running around telling everyone I'm Wolverine and... Well, not not anymore. Well, not since that judge talked not, to you. Not since the incident. <laughs> yeah, not since the thing we're not allowed to talk about. Ching, ching. Yeah. Come on, Bob. Yeah, we're gonna kill everyone. Uh, I'll I'll cut that part out because of the whole lawsuit. Anyway, but yes. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, these people are weird, dude. Like I've seen people who kind of dress up as that, you know, for like the whole masquerade. But ah, uh, like surely, right? There is a legitimate. Everyone knows at least three things that you can try: sunlight, silver. And garlic. Yep. Like, obviously the garlic, you know, you could just be like, yeah, that doesn't really work. Okay, but silver, can you see your reflection in the mirror? And the big one, okay, let's just take you outside. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the documentary itself, he's walking around outside, so he's obviously not doing it right. Although, uh, it's kind of one of those things that... Uh, I think it was Joe Rogan that said he's talking about someone who's sort of... Um, believes in like flat earth and he's like you know this motherfucker's only saying this because uh, Scientology didn't get to him sooner is it like these are the types of people who would be in a cult because yeah. they're so easily swayed and persuaded yeah nobody got to this guy first so he became a vampire yeah here's my favorite part though the 38 year old the 38 year old father of five five father of five yes who claims to? Are they all by this woman? I, this girl's only twenty, so I don't know because he's. Oh, yeah. she's probably not. But she does. That was borderline she, illegal. Yeah, well, she does insist, though. Don't hang up on me. That they <laughs> fell in love at first bite. Oh, that's just sad. Oh, happy Halloween, right? That's oh, beyond sad. Uh, uh, I know, like, who are we to judge? But come on, like. Did you see his photo? Uh, who would let that guy, you know, uh, do anything to you? Like if you brought your, if that, if your daughter brought that dude home. Yeah, it'd kind of be one of those things that's like, you know, I, I, I try to be open and understanding, 
but come on. Now, and then, but could you imagine like she brings him home and then you're like, okay, she's just going through a phase. Three weeks later, yeah, he's a vampire. He's turning me, and we're getting married. You'd be like, sorry, he's what, what now? now? I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to jail for killing this guy, who's who was born Glenn Layton, who changed his name to the, you know, to Arrow. Um, now the reporter did say, "How are your parents okay with this?" And Leah insisted, "They're happy for us." At the start of the relationship, Dad said he wasn't very happy about it, but that's just him being overprotective. But now that he's got to know Arrow, he's fine with it. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say he was not just being overprotective, and he is certainly not fine with it. Yeah, and then he probably met the guy and thought, yeah, he's not going to give her any trouble because she could probably kick his ass. Yeah, that's right, because he, <clears throat> again, not to judge, but he's a big, dumb-looking motherfucker. It's like, uh, I've heard people say stuff before. It's like, you know, it's... You, you know, you hear about people that make really big mistakes in their life, you know, and if someone, like, if was it, I think it was Joe Rogan, he put the ad in the newspaper, and it was on one of his stand-up, and they put an ad in the newspaper saying, I've got a time machine, suck my dick, and then we can go back in time or something, and he's like, you get, most people would probably ignore it, thinking it's a joke, but you'd probably get one dude a week bringing you up saying, so how does this work? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I reckon he's just found that one gullible person who's kind of obsessed with the vampires or something or read twilight one too many times yeah. and thought i thought shit there's a small chance this could be real i don't want to miss it <clears throat> maybe yeah maybe it was his pickup line and then it just finally worked and he was like oh shit i have to be a fucking vampire now isn't it like if you ask 100 girls like hey do you want to come back to men have sex apparently one of them will say yes at least one yeah so that's the thing he's probably like so i'm a vampire and she's like get away from me i'm a vampire get away from me i'm a vampire let's talk here it is yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, because it's such a wonderful occasion of Halloween, I don't want to keep you too far away from the door for giving all the kids candy because we all know you're such a big hearted son of a bitch. Although, if it's more, if, it's, if I give out less, there's more for me to eat. That's true. That's true. But but remember, that's <clears throat> how I got the big belly of, of 2017 last year. You do remember. 2017. When I, when I bought the big box of Haribo and had one fucking kid. So then what happened? Yeah. I had to eat the whole box of Haribo. Very unfortunate situation had to it was it was it was like someone had a gun to your head like a ghost had a gun to your head i was shitting this, like this. i was shitting like fruit loops for a week uh could you imagine if it was sugar free and you accidentally didn't uh, realize this uh, oh dear now next week on legend in my spare time i've got some shit stories for you sir but we will save those i've had some Is bathroom adventures poo? i've had some toilet adventures and i'm gonna share them with everyone next week Oh, why is this a common thing? I don't, I don't know why it's common, why? but it's funny, and it happens to me a lot. I seem to get into a lot of adventures in the men's room. Oh, I don't understand. Now it is Halloween. <laughs> so, our good friend and author, horror author Jake Ridge, prepared for us an original story. Didn't he, Just John? Yes, he did. An and original I, just for us. That's right, and I have spent no less than 15 to 20 hours, I believe in the ballpark I think maybe like 22 hours editing this thing 100, 122 into a radio play never let the truth get in the way of a good story this took me a thousand hours and you did it out of the goodness of your heart that's staying right. up late nights that's right cause Satan knows we ain't making any money off this thing I like that nice touch cause it's Halloween I switched it up now yeah you did the story is called It Came From The Storm 
And to quote our very good friend J.J. Hawkins of Mars Neat Podcast when I sent him the tester, that's a happy story. Ew. Okay. Now, to give a little teaser, I have been asking our good friend Jake Ridge to put me in one of his stories for a long, long time. The only spoiler I'll give for now is the main character's name is Matt. Oh, uh, did he shit himself? Well, let's... Or a spoiler? There's only one way to find out, my friends, and that's to listen to it. Now, just before we do that, we want to make a, a, an announcement that we'll go into fully next week, but... Your boys, Legend of My Spare Time, have been asked to join on to a podcast network. How exciting is that, Just Johnny? That's exciting. We're growing. That's we're right. Big boys. We started almost 10 years ago, and we're finally <clears throat> on a network. 100 years ago. The network is called IHOP, International House of Podcasts. See what we did there? I do. Uh, we've got some great podcasts, literally from all around the world. Uh, I won't name any because I want to name the whole list next week. But there's a whole bunch. They're really awesome podcasts. I've spent the last couple of weeks listening to a bunch of them to kind of get familiar, as has Just John, of course, right? Of course. So we are looking forward to joining the IHOP Network. Join us next week on this very podcast, and we'll go into depth. We'll uh, talk about all the different podcasts, and we'll even talk about a few ideas that Just Johnny and I have about this very show moving forward. Just to keep it uh, fresh. Keep it fresh. Keep it tasty. Now, just before we go into the Halloween story, just John. Yes. I don't want you to hang up on me, but we have something special. Uh, I feel like I'm going to have to hang up on it's you. It's a clue is this segment has not been on the show in quite some time. Oh. This segment was definitely, definitely, definitely not sarcastically, definitely one of your favorite segments on the show ever. No. No. And one of the last episode, the very last no. episode of said segment, there was a bit of a mishap in a car. Oh, do you know what we're on about? Ago. Do you know? Do, that was one year ago today. Oh, was it? Was it Halloween? It was because there was a bomb. There was allegedly. Well, we know there was. Allegedly, young man, young boy Nathan blew up his car. Nathan blew up his car. I thought dad jokes did. No, dad jokes died in the car, didn't he? We're getting real deep now. I thought that jokes died in the car bomb because he was like, oh, wait a minute. He did, he did. What's that noise? Yeah, yeah, but young Nathan planted the bomb. Oh, yeah, so then we wouldn't have any evidence. That's right. Yep, yep. Even though we just discussed the whole thing, (laughs) so if this was making a murderer, we'd be screwed because they have us on tape. Allegedly. Allegedly. Just Johnny, guess who's back? Like Casper the Friendly Ghost and shit. No. Let's not, he's, you know how hard it is to get a message from the fucking netherworld? He's Please back. It. Like, it's, no. it's time for Tony's granddad joke. Hooray. <sighs> no, no, no. Fuck this. Fuck you. Fuck Tony. Fuck Halloween. I'm done. <laughs> Tony's got a granddad joke. Stop us if you've heard it before It's Tony and his weekly granddad joke He probably got it from Alexa, that whore Tony's granddad jokes are often shit and do not reflect the opinions of the legend in my spare time podcast Not even a little Ooh, hello, Tony here 
I'm a ghost, I am. Yeah, believe it. Well, thought I'd pop in on Halloween with a couple of cracking jokes for you. Yeah. What better time? Pop in and say hello. Says I. Than Halloween. Anyway, I won't keep you. I won't keep you. It's a very expensive call. Why are graveyards so noisy? Because of all the coughing. <laughs> I'll go on one more since I've traveled so far. Why can't male ghosts have babies? Because they have Halloweens. <laughs> oh, John. John, John. Happy Halloween. Go, boys. This week's episode of Legend in My Spare Time is brought to you by The Earth is Ours. The Earth is ours. Made by Krishada Games, The Earth is Ours is a fast-paced card game for ages 10 plus in which two teams race for domination over the Earth. Krishada Games is bringing personal interaction back to gaming. No tablets, no TV screens, no controllers. You can play with your friends, your family, or even a group of strangers on game night. The Earth is Ours is filled with incredible artwork, making the game a can't-miss that everyone will love. They have a Kickstarter running right now with some awesome rewards. The link is in the show notes and available by searching The Earth is Ours. All right, folks, here it is. I'm proud to be able to bring to you, written by our friend, Jake Ridge, his original story, It Came With The Storm, heard only right here on Legend In My Spare Time. Happy Halloween! Storm by Jake Rich. It was raining so hard, it was difficult to see five feet beyond the visor of his helmet. Added to the downpour was the fact that the wind was picking up and buffering the bike from side to side. Mac could also hear small eruptions in the background and see bright flashing lights in the distant skies. A bigger storm was on its way. He finally decided to pull in for his own safety. It would have been stupid to continue in such bad conditions. The roads were slowly turning into a swimming pool with huge puddles everywhere. He remembered his father's words. When you can't see what's under the surface, that's when it's time to stop. Matt's father was a keen biker, and it had rubbed off on his son. He stopped and stood astride his scooter for a moment, trying to figure out what to do. The engine rattled and vibrated between his thighs. It was Saturday night and pretty late, 11.30. He was supposed to be home hours ago, but his team had won. It was Halloween night and the hockey game was a charity match. He stayed behind with his friends to celebrate, but didn't drink. 
drinking and driving his bike while drunk, had killed his father. Matt stood balancing the scooter, undecided on where to go. It was really dark, and he could just make out the road a short distance beyond his headlight. The glass of his visor was fogging up, making it even more difficult to see anything. His clothes were soaked through, even though they were supposed to be weatherproof. By now, he was in a foul mood. The diversion sign on the road had led him to an unfamiliar and remote area. There was nothing around. The only person he'd seen was someone walking a dog way back up the road. I have to get to shelter. I can't go driving through that shit, he said, looking at the ever-rising river of water. The lightning strikes were getting closer now, with thunder not far behind. He lifted his visor so he could get a better view of his surroundings. A large lightning strike revealed a building to his left, and he was parked at the entrance. There were no lights in any of the windows, and as he looked around, he understood why. There were streetlights lined along the road, but they weren't lit either. Matt turned towards the darkened structure so he could get a better view with the headlight of his scooter. A buckled sign read, Keep out! Unsafe building! Site to be demolished! He saw a set of chain-linked gates, one barely holding on by the hinges, and the other had fallen to one side. He was cold, wet, and tired. The thought of a dry place to stay until the storm had burned itself out seemed like a good idea. He rode through the gap in the gates and stopped outside a set of shuttered doors. As luck would have it, they were hitched up halfway. He dipped his head and slowly drove inside. He instantly felt better being in the dry. He parked up and used the headlight again to get his bearings. He lifted his bike onto its stand. Matt removed his helmet and put it on the seat. He searched around and found a lamp and some matches. When he shook it, oil sloshed around inside and he soon had light. He switched off his engine to save the fuel. He realized he was in what appeared to be an old warehouse. He found a leather armchair to sit on. It was pretty beat up, but comfortable enough. He fished out his phone to let his wife know where he was, but there was no signal here, probably due to the storm. He looked around from the comfort of the seat. The room had racking across the walls, which had pots and rusted stools and various other things that had been left behind. There was a big metal drum next to his chair, and Matt could smell the familiar whiff of diesel as he worked in a garage. He felt sleepy and sat for a while looking through the doors at the looming storm. It wasn't so scary from in here, and the light show was quite spectacular. And that's when he saw something outside that caught his attention. Matt sat up in the chair and rubbed his eyes. He waited for the lightning to spark again, and when he did, he saw someone standing in the middle of the road. Only a glimpse, but as the light faded into blackness, so did the figure. Matt sat there rigid, and the heavy clap of thunder that followed made him shake so much that he almost fell off the seat. Ah, oh, Jesus, you fucking idiot, Matt. He scolded himself for being such a scaredy cat. He refocused and leaned forward, keeping his eye line just below the skirt of the roller door. He waited, eyes fixed, hands gripped on both sides of the chair, swallowing hard. Another burst of bleaching white light, so prolonged this time that it kept up its brilliance for a few seconds longer. And that's when Matt saw not only a tall, darkened figure standing motionless in the road, but also the long, shimmering blade that it was carrying. 
Matt stood up and suddenly found himself shaking with nerves. He didn't know what to do. Did he really see that, or was it his imagination? He was tired, and it could have been a trick of the light. He waited again, and after the loud rumble of thunder had subsided, he concentrated. When another sharp flash of lightning came and ripped along the sky, he saw the image of the figure, this time a lot closer. So close that Mac could see the sword perfectly. His instinct was to run, but he didn't know this place. The best idea that popped into his head was to pull down the shutter door. He urgently grabbed hold and pulled with all his might. Slowly, the rust gave into the pressure and Matt feverishly tugged at it like someone possessed. Soon, fast footsteps were heavily sloshing through puddles and he knew it was coming for him. Close, you fucking useless doors! Close for fuck's sake! He screamed. But as he pulled it down, it jammed about a foot from the ground. The running stopped and the figure smashed into the door. Matt nearly lost his balance, but managed to stay upright. He suddenly felt something grip tightly around his left ankle. He screamed and tried to tug his leg away as hard as he could. He used his right foot to stamp on its arm and heard a shriek of agony from the other side. The clawed hand let go of Matt's foot and pulled away. A huge explosion of lightning lit up the room and Matt quickly shuffled backwards as fast as he could. As he did so, saw the glint of the sword poke through the gap and slide across the ground like a daisy cutter. The tip caught his leg and cut through his leathers, slashing into his skin. Matt let out a deafening scream and instantly fell to the ground, blood spilling from the fresh cut. He reached out to stem the flow of blood. His face creased up in fear and agony, and that's when he saw the attacker's eyes for the first time as it dipped down under the door. Close up, it was honestly the scariest thing he'd seen in his life. It didn't look human. It had big, crazy eyes, the whites stained with blood. Its mouth was wide open, revealing yellow, jagged teeth. Teeth that could easily tear through flesh in seconds. Each sharp point appeared to be already tinged with fresh, glistening blood. Matt thought about the person walking the dog and wondered if this thing had already attacked someone tonight. The monster looked straight at him and let out a long, piercing squeal. It was such a haunting sound that it ripped deep into Matt's very soul. He stared back, his mouth wide open, and his eyes filled with tears. The creature began bucking up against the door, causing it to shudder. With each impact, it let out a gut-wrenching screech, like a wild animal trapped in a cage. The lightning again lit up the inside of the shed, and the thunderous roar that accompanied it shook the whole structure. Matt knew that the door would eventually collapse or the beast would give up and find another way into the building. Either way, he had to get out of there, and right now, if he wanted to survive. He pushed himself upright, but the pain in his leg was excruciating. Ah, oh, fuck, he screamed. The blood seeped from the tear in his trousers and leaked into his boot. Bang, 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 bang. The night beast was relentlessly smashing into the door, squealing and squirming on the other side. Matt was terrified. Think, 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 Matt, he told himself. Then he remembered the oil drum. He looked at the lamp and the idea formed. He started his bike and let it tick over. He limped over to the diesel drum and pushed at it. It was light, but there was definitely liquid sloshing around in there. The metal screw top disc was missing, and that's probably why he'd smelled the diesel in the first place. The demon was still going wild outside, beating up against the door. The storm was grinding away in strikes and rumbles. 
Matt pushed as hard as he could, and the drum eventually tipped over and landed with a clang. The dark liquid spilled out and sloshed towards the gap in the door. Matt watched as it pooled at the feet of the monster. He lifted the lamp and smashed it down on the fuel. Within a split second, it caught and exploded into life, sending a river of flames along the ground. Matt jumped on his bike and drove off and didn't look back. All he could hear were the squeals of the monster in his wake. He just hoped the fire would kill it. He drove deeper into the warehouse, and the headlight provided a muted view ahead, but he didn't care. His heart was pumping so hard that he thought he was going to have a heart attack. He picked up speed and soon saw a plastic curtain blocking his way. He didn't know what was behind it, but he couldn't stop now. Thunder rumbled overhead, and more lightning gave him small bursts of vision. He tensed as he plowed through the vertical plastic strips. In an instant, he was free, and a bright strike lit up a possible exit at the back. His heart lifted, and the joy in his face was a picture. He'd made it. It was only a matter of six meters. The bike suddenly plunged into the ground. The front wheel hit something hard as it dipped, and the crash sent the rider flying through the darkness, and he eventually tumbled across the floor. For a few seconds, Matt lay there partially dazed and truly disoriented. He tried to move, but found he was unable. A fresh lightning strike revealed the worst. He could see the flash of metal sticking out from his stomach. He realized that he'd driven over a pit. He wasn't to know the geography of the place. His bike was at the bottom, and he was slumped up against some kind of a rack. He'd impaled himself on a spike. He tried to speak, but blood filled his mouth and gushed down his chin. Oh my fucking God, he thought. He couldn't speak. He realized he was going to die. No one knew he was here. He'd lose too much blood by the time someone came to his rescue. Then he realized that his mobile phone was in his jacket. He could feel himself getting weaker. He dipped into his pocket and found it. There wasn't a signal that in an emergency, you can still get a call out to the police. What's your emergency? The voice crackled through the speaker. Matt tried to answer, but his words came out in a gurgle. Emergency services, are you in He choked. Suddenly, the plastic curtains burst open and the demon came tearing through fully ablaze. It screeched as it advanced and raised its sword to slice him to pieces. Matt's eyes were wide in terror, but he couldn't move to defend himself. The monster fell directly into the same pit and disappeared. There must have been more fuel at the bottom, because a wall of flame erupted from within. Matt looked on as the flames reached the ceiling and set fire to the other flammable liquids around him. The fire creeping closer and closer, licking around his body. Help! He tried to call out, but all that escaped his mouth was a gargled mess. Soon, the whole building was a vast inferno. The heat melted his skin and scorched his eyeballs. And the last thing he saw before he died was the smiling, bloody eyes of the demon as it stood over him. The end. Came from the Storm was written by Jake Rich. Narrated by me, Matt Lees. With audio production by me, Matt Lees. Happy Halloween. And I want to say a special thanks to Kodak Brown and Colin R. Parsons for their assistance in production of this audio play. Happy Limpstoween 
follow us at Legend Podcast on Twitter. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode for yous. I can't hang up. Do it. And then, <laughs> <laughs> it locks screen. Do it.